Welcome to The Wonderful Lizard. I'm your host, Alan. I'm happy to report uh, last week's ad made four cents for the podcast. I just need $10 to cash out. So we're well on our way to being an industry household name. Uh, The Winged Monkeys is the name of this chapter. Uh, And looking ahead in the books, I was like, what else? What else could be in this book? They're going to be attacking trees, an angry milkman, and trigger warning, a clown named Mr. Joker. You will remember. Oh, no. You don't know my memory. You will remember there was no road, not even a pathway, between the castle of the Wicked Witch and the Emerald City. Uh, Honestly, I had promptly forgotten about that. When the four travelers went in search for the witch, she had seen them coming, and so she sent the winged monkeys to come bring them to her. But it was much harder to find their way back through the big fields of buttercups and yellow daisies than it was being carried. They knew, of course, they must go straight east toward the rising sun, and they started off in the right way. But at noon, when the sun was over their heads, they did not know which was east and which was west. And that was the reason they were lost in the great fields. They kept on walking, however, and at night the moon came out and shone brightly. Well, that's nice. Uh, so they lay down among the sweet-smelling flowers and set. They lay down among the sweet-smelling flowers and slept soundly until morning. All but the scarecrow and Tin Man. That I do remember all too well, because it's mentioned every time they go to sleep. The next morning, the sun was behind a cloud, but they started on as if they were quite sure which way they were going. If we walk far enough, said Dorothy, we shall come to some place, I'm sure. Oh, that's brilliant, Dorothy. But day by day passed, and they still saw nothing before them but the yellow fields. The scarecrow began to grumble a bit. That sounds like me. We have surely lost our way, he said. And unless we find it again in time to reach the Emerald City, I shall never get my brains. Nor I my heart, declared the Tin Woodman. It just seems to me I can scarcely wait till I get to Oz, and you must admit this is a very long journey. Indeed. You see, said the cowardly lion with a whimper, I have all the courage to keep tramping forever. (laughs) without getting anywhere at all. Then Dorothy lost heart. Not in the Tin Woodman kind of a way, but it was gloomy, nonetheless. I Again, I added that, that line, and I think it's excellent. She sat down on the grass and looked to her companions, and they sat down and looked at her. And Toto found that for the first time in his life, He was too tired to chase a butterfly that flew past his head, so he put out his tongue and panted and looked at Dorothy as if to ask what they should do next. Suppose we call the field mice, she suggested. They could probably tell us the way to the Emerald City. To be sure they could, cried the scarecrow. Why didn't we think of that before? Dorothy blew the little whistle she had always carried around her neck since the queen of the field mice had given it to her. In a few minutes, they heard the pattering of tiny feet, patter, 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 patter. and many of the small gray mice, the small ones, came running up to her. 
Among them was the queen herself, who asked in her squeaky little voice, What can I do for my friends? We have lost our way, said Dorothy. Can you tell us where the Emerald City is? Certainly, answered the queen. But it is a great way off, for you have had your backs on it this whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, she noticed Dorothy's golden cap and said, Why don't you use the charm of the cap and call the winged monkeys to you? They will carry you to the city of Oz in less than an hour. I didn't know there was a charm, answered Dorothy in surprise. What is it? It is written inside the golden cap, replied the queen of the mice. But if you are going to call the winged monkeys, we must run away, for they are full of mischief and think it is great fun to plague us. All right, maybe let's just avoid the monkeys altogether. Won't they hurt me? asked the girl anxiously. Oh, no. They must obey the wearer of the cap. Goodbye. And she scampered out of sight with all the mice hurrying after her. Dorothy looked inside the golden cap and saw some words written upon a lining. These, she thought, must be the charm. So she read the directions carefully and put the cap upon her head. Epe, pepe, cake, she said, standing on her left foot. What did you say? asked the scarecrow, who did not know what she was doing. Honestly, I don't know what she's doing either. Hello. 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 Dorothy went on, standing this time on her right foot. Hello, replied the tin woodman calmly. He didn't understand what's going on. Zizzy, Zizzy, Zeke, said Dorothy, who was now standing on both feet. This ended the saying of the charm. Thank goodness. And there they heard a great chattering and flapping of wings, and as the band of winged monkeys flew up to them, that would be a good band name, the king bowed low before Dorothy and asked, I forgot uh, what voice I did last week for the king and the monkeys. So I will have to look it up. Was the monkeys last week? Or was it the week before? Yeah, it must be a different week. We dare not harm this little girl, he said to them, for she is protected by the power of good and is greater than the power of evil. All we can do is carry her to the castle of the wicked. All we can do is carry her. Okay, I think I got it. <clears throat> we will carry you, replied the king. And no sooner had he spoken than two of the monkeys caught Dorothy in their arms and flew away with her. Others took the scarecrow and the woodman and the lion. And one little monkey seized Toto and flew after them, although the dog tried hard to bite them. Oh, goodness. I thought he didn't bite. He does. He very much does. The scarecrow and the tin men were rather frightened at first, for they remembered how badly the winged monkeys had treated them before. But they saw that no harm was intended, so they rode through the air quite cheerfully and had a fine time looking at the pretty gardens and the woods far below them. My sister said this book is about the gold standard. I don't see it. I mean, if that's true, they really buried the lead with those winged monkeys. Dorothy found herself riding easily between two of the biggest monkeys. One of them was the king himself. They made a chair of their hands and were careful not to hurt her. Why do you have to obey the charm of the golden cap? She asked. Oh, ah, ah, oh, ah. It is a long story.
answered the king with a laugh. Ha ha! But we have a long journey before us, and we'll pass the time by telling you about it if you wish. Well, it beats silence. I shall be glad to hear it, she replied. Once, began the leader, we were a free people living happily in a great forest, flying from tree to tree, eating nuts and fruit. Sounds like a good day. And doing just as we pleased without calling anybody master. Perhaps some of us were rather too full of mischief at times. <laughs> flying down to pull the tails of some animals <laughs> that had no wings, chasing birds and throwing nuts at people who walked in the forest. That's funny. That's really funny. But we were careless and happy and full of fun and enjoyed every minute of the day. This was many years ago, long before Oz came out of the clouds to rule over this land. There lived him, there lived here then, away at the north, a beautiful princess who was also a powerful sorceress. All her magic used to help the people. Sorry. All her magic was used to help the people, and she was never known to hurt anyone who was good. Her name was Galette. Galette? Galette? Let me look it up on my phone. <laughs> Wikipedia does not tell me how to pronounce it, so I don't know. But she lived in a handsome palace built from a great block of ruby. Everyone loved her, but her greatest sorrow was that she could not find anyone to love in return. Yeah, well, hear that one. Since all the men were much too stupid and ugly to, <laughs> to mate with one so beautiful and wise. Oh, well. <laughs> At last, however, she found a boy who was handsome and manly, and wise beyond his years. Gaolette made up her mind that she would make him her husband. So she took her ruby palace and used all her magical powers to make him as strong and good and lovely as any woman could wish. When he grew to manhood, Kulala... I'm going to guess that's how it's pronounced, as he was called, was said to be the best and the wisest man in the land. Well, his manly beauty was so great that Gaelette loved him dearly and hastened to make everything ready for the wedding. My grandfather was at that time the king of the wicked monkeys which lived in a forest near Gaelette's palace, and an old fellow loved a joke better than a good dinner. One day, just before the wedding, my grandfather was flying out with his band. The Wicked Monkeys, trademark. When, she's, when he saw Chulala walking beside the river, he was dressed in a rich costume of pink silk and purple velvet, and my grandfather thought he would see what he could do. At his word, the band flew down and seized Kulala and carried him in their arms until 
They were over the middle of the river, and then they dropped him into the water. Goodness, what is going on? These monkeys, my goodness. Swim out, my fine fellow, cried my grandfather, and see if the water has spotted your clothes. Of course it has. Chulala was not too wise. Oh, sorry. And Chulala was much too wise not to swim, and he was not in the least spoiled by all his good fortune. He laughed when he came to the top of the water and swam into the shore. But when Gaylet came running over to him, she found his silks and velvet all ruined by the river. The princes were very angry, and she knew, of course, who did it. She had all the winged monkeys brought before her, and she said, um, and 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 as she said at first that their wings should be tied and they should be treated as they had treated Kulala, dropped in the river. But my grandfather pleaded hard, for he knew the monkeys would drown in the river with their wings tied. I thought she was the kind ruler, the kind person. Nope, killin'. Killin' because someone got a little water on them. And Kulala said a kind word for them also, so that Gillette finally spared them on the condition that the wicked monkeys should ever after do three times the bidding of the owner of the golden cap. This cap had been made for a wedding present to Kulala, and it had said it cost the princess half of her kingdom. Of course, my grandfather and all the other monkeys at once agreed to the condition that this is how it happened. And that is how it happened, that we are three times the slaves of the owner of the golden cap, whomsoever he may be. And what became of them? asked Dorothy, who had been greatly interested in the story. It's not bad. It really, it really is pretty good. Which is shocking. But this is probably why this book has stood the test of time, I think. Simply because of the monkey's story about Kulala. Kulala being the first owner of the golden cap, replied the monkey. He was the first to lay his wishes upon us, as his bride could not bear the sight of us. He called us all to him in the forest after he married her and ordered us to to always... And ordered us to always keep to where she could never set eyes on a winged monkey, which we were glad to do, for we were all afraid of her. This is all we had to do until the golden cap fell into the hands of the wicked witch of the West, who made us enslave the winkies. (laughs) Winkies. And afterward, drive Oz himself out of the land of the West. Now the golden cap is yours, and three times you have the right to lay your wishes upon us. As the monkey king finished his story, Dorothy looked down and saw the green shining walls of the Emerald City before them. I thought they were like an hour away. Maybe I told the story really quickly. He must have spoken very slowly. She wondered at the rapid flight of the monkeys, but was glad the journey was over. The strange creature set the travelers below carefully. Before the gate of the city, the king bowed low to Dorothy and then flew swiftly away, followed by all his band. That was a good ride, 
said the little girl. Yes, yes, and a quick way out of our troubles, replied the lion. How lucky it was that you brought away that wonderful cap. At least the monkeys aren't all bad. All right, the next chapter is called The Discovery of Oz the Terrible. And if you're not familiar with the story, it's quite a twist. <laughs>